Um, no, it's not working. You're absolutely right, but it's not your fault. Yeah. And it's not, it's now not the line is fine. Now that I'm about to drop it, now it's working. <laughs> Can you hear me is though? It, is it better? Yeah, it's much better. It's much better. Stay in the exact same position that okay. you're in and then we'll try to wrap up this in nine minutes very quickly. So um, is it a coincidence that you took this photo with this guy? Um, there's three photographs. And I mean, you know, I can understand one photograph that mm. um, might have been accidentally, not three photographs. No photographs were taken, was, was, were taken abroad. It was taken in England. Wow. Um, so it is, it is definitely not, not a co- coincidence. Once the one photograph was taken the night, the, the photograph in South Africa in Johannesburg, was taken like that. As Archie presented the Glamini um, Zuma camp that he provided for her for her presidential campaign. In fact, you know, um, Carl Nias called called um, called it serious journalism afterwards. But I mean, he looked like a like a newly minted five five rand coin in the in Mazatis paraffin. Yeah. So definitely no no coincidence. Um she definitely got she definitely got a sponsorship from from Mazzotti. You know, but I think we have to be careful not to link what happened at the end in seventeen to what's happening at the moment. There's no there's no evidence yeah. that I'm aware of that she is currently receiving any money for any campaign from from Mazzotti. Um so, so I think we have to be careful. We also have to be careful um, not to uh, not to make too many conspiracy theories here. No, no, that's the thing, and that's the last thing I want to do. Because as I was saying to you, that um, I'm not in the business of sensationalism, or, or and it, it would be fun to have sort of a Skinner story discussion with you this evening. But that's yes, not the point of yes. it. This is real journalism, no, sure. real discussion around this. I mean, obviously, the the the, the difficulty with it is when such uh, photos are doing the rounds, and we know, have that particular history in place. It's very difficult for people then, in turn, not to have two plus two equaling five. Absolutely, I think I think the problem is is that the is that the ban on cigarettes is so bizarre mm. that people think there has to be a motive behind it because it makes absolutely no sense, and I think that's the problem. And, and the problem is also that she hasn't explained to us why well, we can't smoke. And I'm not a smoker at all, but I mean I'm against against the ban. She hasn't. Ex- Explain to us why we smoke, except that people might sort of like, you know, pass us all around and spread the virus and whatever. Mm. Um, it just seems that it is, it, it's, it's something she decided on. And we know she has a bit of an obsession about, about nicotine, although she made an absolutely correct decision some years ago to ban um, smoking in public. I mean, that was in line yeah. with an international trend. But I think, I think, I think people are People are so upset about the decision, especially after the president said that people will be allowed to smoke. And suddenly the command council comes and they say, no, you can't smoke. So people don't understand it because they are looking for reasons why why she did it. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's her fault because she hasn't explained to us what, what behind the madness is. I mean, so- South Africa has lost 1.6 
billion rand in April yeah. in uh, in taxes on, on cigarettes and alcohol. The alcohol thing I can still understand up to a point. But if our, our real spike is only, or our real sort of like, the, 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 the crisis is, is only going to, to really descend on us in September. Do you want to tell me there's still going to be a ban on drinking in September? You know, I'm, I have the problem. I sit in Rebecca Steel, which is 80 kilometers north of, uh, northwest of Cape Town. Mm-hmm. A terribly peaceful little village. At the moment, we, and the siege, there's theft everywhere. There's break-ins everywhere. I own a restaurant and guest house. In I'm guarding my restaurant and guest house at the moment. I'm not staying at home. I'm staying in my in my in my guest house because of break-ins. Virtually every restaurant in Rebecca still has had a break-in. People are looking for it's absolutely madness. And the the um, the CPF, for example, is not allowed to patrol at the moment. Mm-hmm. They've been very active. They've been very efficient. They've really con in bringing the, the crime down to virtually zero in Rupert and it's all staring up again. So, so I mean, we we understand all of that, all of all, all of those factors that you had highlighted, and I agree with everything that you have said there. But beyond this, Jacques, does this give us a lens into the thinking? I mean, we know, and and you know, stranger to this, I'm no stranger to this. There was plenty of controversy and concern at the time of the CR17 campaign versus the NDZ campaign. You know that very well. Yeah. Um, a yeah. lot of the concern was around the continuing of the Zuma legacy, etc., etc. Some people said some really horrible things that went a bit too far when we're looking at NDZ. But does this give us a lens into the type of leader that she is? Does this give us a lens into some of the factions that still exist? Because it's, it's quite extraordinary for a president to make an announcement and then for someone to come out in one of his ministers who's technically in his employ to completely contradict him, uh, contradict him and say, oh, by the way, the thing he said about the smoking, forget that, we're still banning it. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's absolutely unheard of that a minister comes out and completely contradicts a president. Um, and I think it does an insight into the... Into the mental capacity of Nkosazana um, Dlamini Zuma. I mean, if you look at the people she would have surrounded herself, um, these Marashules and, mm. and people like that, it certainly gives you an insight in what kind of government we would have had. We might well have had Malusi Gigabo still as our, as our, our Minister of Finance, but as the head of the that Arthur Fraser, the Director General of State Security. Heaven knows it would have had impact as the most. Okay, we're starting to lose you again. Hopefully I can get my last question in, with, and it is a pretty important one as well. What I just wanted to double check with you is obviously the we so we don't really have a serious or not a serious we we basically have the spurious reason going around for why uh, smoking is still banned at this particular stage. We also have this uncomfortable um, situation where you have a minister contradicting um, the president as well. I mean, where does this all leave us in terms of certainty from government? Uh, leading us into the various stages or phases 
of this particular lockdown, especially knowing that you, me, and everyone else are fighting a global pandemic that's taking millions of lives? I mean, what does that tell you about the thinking at that level of government? Well, I think I think if you if you if you look back at if you look back five weeks, five or six weeks ago, when Cyril Ramaphosa made his first announcement that there's going to be a lockdown, mm. we all we all embraced what he said. Yeah, we we all embrace. Even then, we 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 kind of we we kind of embraced the the ban on alcohol and the ban on on smoking. Yeah, and then came came the second announcement, and suddenly, as we where we are at the moment, sort of like five and a half weeks in, we don't know whether we can trust the president anymore. Because I think what this has done, it has shown us how terrible confidence Ramaphosa is. So, so just as a, just on just on that one, um, Jacques, are you? Is it then fair for people to say that this is also an insight into a government? That's too repressive um, when given that ability to suspend or put aside. I don't want to say suspend, but put aside some basic constitutional rights. Is this something to be concerned with or uh, are those types of commentators taking a step too far? I think to be terribly concerned. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no doubt that Ramaphosa is a constitutionalist. When he's in charge anymore, and it seems as though that the people, or some of the most powerful people in his administration, are not constitutionalists, and would be by the stroke of a pen they would uh, they would suspend certain certain rights we have. So I think we have we have lots of very very worried about what is going on at the moment. Mate, with a bad line, I think we got a very good conversation out. All the best to you. Thank you so much for chatting to us. Hopefully Thank we you. have a longer conversation next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers, man. That was Jacques Poe, award-winning investigative journalist as well as an author. We almost, Darius, I almost let him go, but we managed to squeeze something out. You know that last bit of juice you get out of an orange? That's what we managed to get out of him.